0: No. Ah. Ah. Welcome to the My Haunt Life Podcast. Hello and welcome to the My Haunt Life Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. And we've done a couple things that we've already done. But yes, we have. now we have seen their full their full form. Their, they went into the cocoon and they came out as these amazing Butterflies that we now get to see.
1: Okay, we'll go with that. Or
0: something like that. (laughs) Just play along.
1: Absolutely. So we went went and saw butterflies. What? You started this. Yeah,
0: but it's a metaphor, man. Oh, okay. Come on. (laughs) Anyways, uh, the first thing that we were able to check out was Covell. And we saw the full show. Uh, Covell is part of the ABC project put on by Annie Lesser. And first of all, all of the rest of her shows are sold out. So If you want to see this, pay attention to Facebook, pay attention to friends, see if anyone's getting rid of tickets because the rest of the run is sold out at this point.
1: Which congratulations to her for that. Yeah, huge
0: congratulations. And when we talked about this on the podcast, we we went to a rehearsal and we saw the basis of the show, but not the full show, but... I am so glad I went back to see this.
1: Yeah, this was a a wonderful opportunity. We became aware of that there were a couple of tickets left for opening night. So we made the leap. And I'm actually really glad. It's been really interesting for us, Mike, I think, because we saw the original test at indicated months ago, which was a very, very short sequence. And then we saw the rehearsal, which was not the full show, and we didn't see the pre- and post-aspects of the full show. Seeing the show in its location, fully formed, was quite a different experience.
0: It really was. There was so much going on. Like, you really get your money's worth. You know, That's one of the things that, that people talk about is the price of the show, but... When you actually go and you see and experience everything that happens to within the show, it's 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 a steal for what you get.
1: Well, I mean, it is a three hour experience, and it, you know, if you choose to drink, you've got the free flowing alcohol, uh, which they encourage you to partake in, and there's a lot going on because of the small number of patrons compared to the number of cast members. You are going to get some one on one time with some of the characters. Uh, I actually had someone contact me after the show and said, "Wait, you? I saw something online that you had a picture. When did that happen in the show?" And I said, "Oh, like you were over on the other end of the room, you know, having this happen with you, and I got pulled aside, and this happened with me." And so there's a lot going on all at the same time. So it it definitely definitely is a very full three hours.
0: And one of the cool things about when we went is there were a few of our friends, but a lot of strangers. Yes. And at first, of course, strangers are going to be strangers. And, you are you know, at least with me, I'm somewhat awkward around people I don't know. But as soon as everything started, we realized we were all in this together. And, you know, we went on someone's birthday. So automatically, any time someone needed a volunteer, it's like, him, it's his birthday, you know, and, his, you know, his mom was there and talking to all of us. and And it was just... It, it we became one big family to go through Cavell which is another family
1: they're sort of like a performing troupe
0: yeah it's like a family of clowns
1: we mentioned on the last podcast so this this show has a very vaudeville carnival um comedy aspect to the characters themselves there there's lots of flights of fancy about their background and you know their family history um so uh, almost folklore and fantasy involved in a couple of them so yeah it is it's sort of a magical family that you are going to go see perform and you're right i we definitely bonded i think as a group of people
0: yeah i think that's what made the show even better for me because it just seemed so special with the crowd we were in
1: and there was, uh, and i think the reason for that at least for me mike is there are various times during the show when Well, let's back up. Um, Once you get to where the show is going to be performed, you start meeting the characters of the show and you start interacting with them. Uh, You are given some information about your course during the evening. And the one-on-one started almost immediately for our group. And there are certain rules which are set up which not and i'm not referring to the drinking game i i think there's you know the the rules of the world are set up fairly quickly and you know one of the things that you you pointed to mike is i think there was a lot of different levels of people with different levels of experiences of going into such small intimate shows and i thought that was really interesting to see you know who was being the most boisterous and who was being the shyest and who was being all of that. And I think the clever thing that the show does is you're asked a series of questions right before the show begins and what you reveal in those questions actually comes to play during the show. And Covell is still running. So we don't want to go into many specifics about that, but the fact that they encourage you to be honest and reveal a little something, which in the end brings everyone closer together and when that comes out in the process of the evening and the game and the pre and the post show aspects of what goes on like that's part of what the bonding was for me
0: yeah that that totally makes sense and for me i you know i think it's because we did have a lot of close friends in there um like people we go to other shows with as well as people we didn't know that just jumped feet first into this world with us oh yeah you know and then like even after the show, there was that, that fine line of, wait, is the show still going on or yes. are we talking to the, the actors, y- y- you know, it, and that, that was one of the coolest things for me because we didn't know. Yeah. And you know, the end of the night came and we still didn't know and we left and then we realized which. Who verse... is who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point.
1: Yes, I wound up eating ice cream with with someone that I I was having that conversation with. Wait, wait, are we still in the show? <laughs> like <laughs> So, uh yeah, it it's it's quite an adventurous evening to say the least. And I'm very very happy that we were able to go back and and that there were a couple of tickets available uh on that opening night that we grabbed.
0: Yeah, I am I'm so super glad that we went back. Uh this was this was such a good show and a long show too. And I had so much fun. Uh, I hope that there are tickets available. If you're listening to this and you don't have a ticket, I really do hope that you're able to find one somehow. Um, so like I said, keep an eye on Facebook and Instagram and talk to friends, see if they have extras or someone can't go, cancellations, whatnot. Um, and check out Covell's
1: website. Before you give that, Mike, I-, I just realized something in what you were just saying that we we've been talking about secrets and you know like emotions and connections and all of that and and at the very end you said oh yeah it was really really fun i I want to reemphasize that right this is a blast (laughs) we were talking about all the emotional stuff and the connections and how we bonded as a family and they bonded as a family in front of us and like but but no this is just really a good time
0: yeah that's a really good point because you know at the the core of this show is a game yes and the game is hilarious at times the game is sad at times but overall everybody had a smile on their face when they were doing certain things or laughing at someone else for what they said or did or had something done to them
1: or accusing me of being mean to them (laughs) (laughs) or
0: (laughs) pointing at you yes (laughs) or pointing at me
1: yes (laughs) that was fun So, yes, definitely we recommend uh, keeping an eye out uh, for Annie Lesser's future projects and the idea that maybe some tickets might be available uh, for Cavell. So
0: for more information on Cavell and the ABC project, you can go to AnnieLesser.com slash ABC on Facebook, ABC Theater, and that's T-H-E-A-T-E-R on Instagram, ABC underscore interactive, and also check them out on GoFundMe at GoFundMe.com slash ABC underscore project.
1: So, Mike, I have a question for you. Shoot. How did you hear about the next thing we're going to talk about?
0: Well, I became aware of this in December. Uh, it came on my radar somehow. I think a couple of friends did it. But at the time, there was so much going on between the holidays and trips and, you know, personal stuff in our lives that I didn't really get a chance to go check it out. I think it was a really short run as well. Just kind
1: of like this one as that's happening currently. It's funny because the vagueness that you're talking about, I have the same thing. I don't remember. I swear I saw, I know someone who saw the original run of this show and I don't remember who, but we are referring to a show called Firelight, which is being put on by the Stephanie Fury studio theater. Now I found out that somebody did talk to me about this show. Our friend Morgan had seen it during its earlier run and that's how I, like, when this run came back, and I think no proscenium made a reference to it. Um, so I was really intrigued by it, but I didn't remember anything about it. And I didn't remember anyone talking to me about it, just that people had gone to see it and, and liked it. So I definitely was curious about it. And some of the images that they were putting on Instagram uh, are really just so beautiful. Yeah. And, dude, for me, the show lives up to that beauty.
0: This show was unbelievable, like it blew me away. And, you know, we always joke that I have no feelings and I have no emotions, like this messed me up like this this got to me at like apartment eight level, like even more so wow, yeah, like the I mean, I mean, we should probably <laughs> go into what it's kind of about <laughs> so so people can get an understanding but but, yeah, dude, like that. Like, that ruined my day in the best way possible, if that makes sense. Because it was so emotionally impactful. And for someone like me to say that, like, you know that's something special. Interesting. Why are you looking at me
1: like that? (laughs) I'm just just, just making mental notes. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Maybe, Mike, we should talk about what the show is about. I just said that. (laughs) Okay.
0: Stop making mental notes and pay attention.
1: (laughs) So would you like to take the reins on this? i go for it. So I can uh, stare at you weirdly. Uh it's about love. But it's about so much more. Uh it, it's interesting. Um again, yeah, you know, anyone who's a regular listener knows that we hate spoiling stuff. So but we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the subjects I think that are are touched on or covered inside Firelight. Uh at the beginning of the show, you are given a reference that love is something precious but it's also something fleeting and you don't ever really know how much time you're going to have with it when you have it do you think that's a fair way of putting yeah, that? that's a really good way to say it so in the opening sequence when that conversation started in a odd almost melancholy sequence um featuring three voices um three performers And then you're led into the show and, and I don't know, this isn't, I I was about to say sketch show, but that's so, so not applicable, you know, vignettes, scenes, whatever you are taken through moments of love. Yeah.
0: And how those characters deal with it. You know, some are good, some are bad, some make you want to slit your wrists right there.
1: Wow. Yeah. It, it's and again, not not to say that it's all heavy, heavy, heavy stuff, but it is very reflective. And I it, it's funny because I don't know how much people watching you did during the show. Um, the staging of the shows quite often you end up um, surrounding the scene or in a circle or moving into a space where you line the space. That's one
0: thing I want to point out because we've been to so many things where we have issues because there's that many people or more mm-hmm. that where we can't see what's taking place. Right. Every scene in this show is exactly like you mentioned. Some of them formed a U. Some of them the, the performers were in the middle of us so we were in a circle. There was always a line of sight. You could always see what was happening and I need to applaud them for doing that and thinking about that because
1: um, Absolutely, I agree. And, and it's, if you noticed, uh, that that is a direct result of the design of the spaces that you enter. Because when you enter a space, the set incorporates a circle, or the set incorporates the performer at one end so you know you're supposed to take the U-shape on the other side of the room. It, it is designed for flow. It is designed so to get the audience to do naturally what they are expected to do. And speaking about the sets, oh my, these were
0: beautiful
1: and lended
0: themselves so well to each different scene as far as atmosphere, setting. You look around and you, you feel like you are there, like you are no longer on Melrose. You are in this specific place. And to be able to take someone out of the real world and throw them in here and not even think about that they're seeing a show... It's incredible to me.
1: And there's a wide variety. And again, I I don't want to give too much away, but there's everything from a party atmosphere to a melancholy wander through a garden, through a very, very sort of abstract moment or two where you don't know what the environment is. It can be interpreted so many different ways. Uh, And then at one point, I don't know about you, Mike, but I felt I actually became part of a family. Oh yeah. And that was talk about subtext. There's an entire sequence where almost no dialogue is spoken. And yet you learn years of emotional impact of the love, the passion of a relationship and where that has led and to the, the present, and I I got the feeling personally, Mike, that the present for that, the, for those two characters, was a series of compromises. Right. Of passion has led us here to a place of respect, cordialness. I, I don't know what else to say about that. But I, I will say the the very ending of that sequence was devastating for me. It was so incredibly simple and beautiful and it literally it is two performers handing a prop to each other and and that simple gesture was stunningly beautiful and moving
0: and going back to the environments you know we go to so many haunts and so many horror type of things that it's not often at least for me uh that i can remember going to something where the music was as much as the, the <laughs> background as everything else. Like, I forgot because I'm so used to, you know, hearing screams or hearing, like, <laughs> you know, or things like that. But,
1: or incredibly loud, intrusive music, which is supposed mm-hmm, to put you on edge.
0: Yeah, like the, that second room. Oh, yeah. It transported you because, and the music helped as well as the set. Like both of those complemented each other so well. And then moving on to the scene that you just described, the outside of that, like I was shivering.
1: Um, I, I cannot believe you just went there because the next question I was going to ask you is, did you get an impression of seasons? Yes, definitely. Uh, okay, I, I thought leaving the show because we did not talk about this afterwards. Uh, we went and foraged for food. Um, so, but I really did have a feeling that there was almost the beginning, there was a winter and then you went through a spring and then you went through fall colors. And again, the sequence that you're referring to, and, and I made reference to it a, a couple of minutes ago about there's a set where you couldn't quite identify. I identified that as winter for me. Yeah and and I think obviously because of color schemes and various other things going on in the room, but uh, yeah. And again, that is the passage of time, the passage of relationships, the passage of seasons, things that will affect love and the intensity of it and how people negotiate love in their own relationships. All of that was extremely present. And mm-hmm you know, I'm going to like pull out the kind of the overused word of magical for the sets and the environments.
0: No, I agree. It, it, it was.
1: Uh, and, and I, you know, and you, you, you referenced the music in the first room. I also want to point to that, the, uh, pardon me, the second room, I guess. Um, did you notice the ceiling going into that room? Yes. I don't want to say what it is for anyone going to the show, but they actually sort of symbolized on the ceiling, what you were about to walk into. And when you walk into this room and you're greeted and you are literally welcomed with boisterous open arms, quite literally. uh, And they want you in there. They want you in the festive mood, that whole sequence, when it starts to digress into smaller snippets of relationships, I thought that was incredibly well done. And, each performer has to nail a single line here or there which is part of a, a a a sort of a tangent that everyone in the room is on and to see that literally i guess it's four different people going through multiple relationships and you're only getting sentences from the various times of relationships i i i hope i'm not giving too much away uh but that sequence for me set up everything else perfectly. Right. Because I knew that I was on a journey that was going to be slightly disjointed, non-linear, have non-sequiturs in it, and, and the evening was that. But what in what was impactful was how sincere each moment was. And they nailed it. Yes.
0: It's always interesting to me when I can put myself in the place of an actor um, as far as what they're saying. is like, oh, that reminds me of this time or that time you know that kind of thing and all throughout this show I mean this sparked like memories of just like all the people I care for in my life you know from friends to to, like my mom and dad and you know it it, like there's times where it really it really hits you where it's like you don't know how long you have with them you know and it's like oh (laughs) I mean right now I'm getting bummed out but like But it's so good. Like, they do it so well.
1: Yeah, it's an honor to witness it unfolding.
0: Unfortunately, it looks like this weekend is the last weekend in this run. Hopefully, they will do a remount of this uh, like they did from December till now.
1: Please, please do a remount of this show. (laughs) We so want this show to come back.
0: Yeah, people need to see this. People need to know about it. People need to experience it. So keep an eye on the website and Facebook and all of those fun things for more information about this. And of course, if, if it comes up, we'll let you know about it and those dates will go on the calendar. Uh, but for now, go to their website at sfstheater.com and that's Theatre, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. On Facebook, SFS Theatre, and that's also T-H-E-A-T-R-E. On Instagram, SFS Theatre LA. And on Twitter, SFS underscore Theatre. And for tickets uh, to see if there's any available times this weekend, go to firelight.brownpapertickets.com.
1: And on the very same night.
0: <laughs> Which was definitely needed after that show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, uh, we needed a, a, a change in mental direction after Firelight because yeah. it, <laughs> is, it is so impactful. We needed
0: to balance out.
1: Yeah, so we went dark. Yeah, Very dark. We
0: went the extreme opposite.
1: So, yes, uh, we went actually back to Zombie Joe's Underground Theater and saw a repeat performance of Tortured Souls, which we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago.
0: So Tortured Souls is about four weeks into its run, uh, and we went the very, very first weekend, and what a change. Like, there are very small changes, but it I feel like it was very different from the time we saw it.
1: It's, it's hard to describe, but I... Uh, it, would it make sense if I said it had more air, more room to breathe sort of I I think it I think some of the moments lasted longer okay and were more impactful than the first weekend
0: that makes sense uh and there was also a new scene or two that wasn't there
1: yeah they they kind of retooled one of the rooms uh in the middle of the show and
0: that scene left me so dirty like I felt like I was in this like some sort of movie and I can't describe it I know I've seen it in movies it's like The part where the character has all these visions flashing around him, like one of those (laughs) types of things, and he hears all these voices, that had that effect on me, and I felt like I was that guy, and oh, I felt so scummy.
1: But in a good way, right?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, I got called pretty boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got offered a couple things. Yeah, me too. To put in my mouth.
1: Me too, but I think we're talking about something different now. <laughs> Probably. So. Okay. Um, and I will say, Mike, that uh, you know I had mentioned a sequence that... I think I said when we talked about the first weekend that I said this one sequence was... Um, I believe I used the phrase steeped in desperation. Yeah. That sequence is so much more disturbing now. Oh, yeah, it is. So much more disturbing. I didn't think they could go farther with that sequence, and they did. The... The sadness and the, oh, it, it was just, you watch a train wreck of a human being dismantle themselves. And it's it's horrifying and so sad. Even though it's comically sad, the sadness is definitely there 100%. Wow. I'm just reflecting on that for a moment. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> so just, yeah. Yeah.
0: Another thing that wasn't present when we went was crowd reaction. You know because when we went, we went with a bunch of other like horror nerds and mm-hmm, there true. wasn't there wasn't a lot of people. So but when we went back, there was a lot more, you know, quote-unquote normies there where mm-hmm. you can tell they probably weren't expecting what <laughs> what was happening. Yes. So there were girlfriends hiding behind their boyfriends, boyfriends freaking out and grabbing onto their girlfriends like and just People with faces of what the hell is going on and those reactions are as much as the show as the characters that we encounter
1: absolutely there was a lot of gasping going on that's for yeah. sure and uh, um, we haven't talked about the form of this show it is a it is a show where you're led around through various spaces so at one point Mike what you were talking about uh, we are sort of gathered as a group in the center of a room and And I got shoved really hard. And I turned around because I thought it was a cast member. I thought I was in the wrong place. I thought I had done something wrong. and I thought it was a cast member correcting my course or something. No, it was a really tiny, short little girl burrowing her way to the center of the group to hide from the cast. And she was dragging her boyfriend with her. Oh, wow. And she was like literally shoving the rest of us. Like, no, if we're if we're forming a circle, I'm going to be the center of the circle. Like, it was very clear that she was not comfortable. And when that happened, I realized, holy crap, this is really affecting her. And I thought that, I, my reaction to that was good. I'm glad that it's having this sort of a reaction to her. I don't want anyone to go through anything unpleasant, but- the fact that she felt the need to go find a safe place, I thought was really telling of how this show was working. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it, it was It was very interesting to see unfold. And I think when she got to the center, she was fine. Yeah, they can't touch me here. Yes, exactly.
0: So Tortured Souls ends this weekend, unfortunately. So, you, But you still have time to see it. There will be two showings on Saturday, 11 and 1145. And for more information, check out zombiejoes.com. On Facebook, ZJU Theater, and that's Theater, T-H-E-A-T-E-R. On Instagram, Zombie Joes, and on Twitter, Zombie Joes. Okay, Russell.
1: Yes. It's
0: time for... Remember last year within the Tension Experience? Yes. And we started nerding out randomly because things started happening. Yes. Things are happening with lust now.
1: But you have to say it.
0: Things are happening with the lust experience.
1: Okay, so I got to make a confession here, Mike. Uh, I don't like to hear about that after I just say the lust experience. (laughs) Uh, Oh, this is going to make you happy, I hope. So back in episode 41... Uh we were talking about the lust experience and the fact that we don't we and we still to this even though stuff is happening and we're about to, to go into the conversation about some of the stuff that's gone on, um, we don't have a sound effect. I mean I just use right. the tension like the dun 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 Yeah,
0: I I listen to it.
1: Uh, okay, so um so we were talking about for now we're gonna just use that again. Right. So all right, so but I, I think that sound effect still applies. So because there is tension already going on in the lust experience, right? Yeah. Okay, so but you made reference to the the lust of lust for power, lust for wealth, lust for, lust for sex, lust for whatever, which is all listed on the website. Right. All right. So um, I'd like to pitch to you. Uh, this is a work in progress, but uh, I have a little bit of incorporating the dun 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 with something else, which I think might be our sound effect for the lust experience. Oh, God. So do um, you want to give it to me again? I'm scared. <laughs> trust me when have i ever misled you oh jesus christ really
0: (laughs) the lust experience Lust. Lust.
1: oh yeah
0: oh no oh god no 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 come on
1: really no oh it says tension it says fun it says sexy but there's a whip Okay, that personally isn't for sexy for me, but
0: yeah, <laughs> why'd you put it in there then?
1: Oh my god, that's I, I don't
0: I don't know if I can listen to that every podcast. <laughs> I don't think people want to listen to that every podcast. Uh, I don't know. You're saying no? I. Uh, it's not about what I like. It's what about everybody else's like. So I don't know. I, okay, so you're putting up for a vote. Yeah, if people like this, let us know, or something like that. But. I don't know. Lust.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Just stop, Russell. No, no, no vote. No, no. That can't happen every podcast.
1: Okay, I'll go back to the drawing board. Oh, my good Lord. What,
0: What was your inspiration for that,
1: by the way? Well, I mean, the, the beginning is because there's tension. There's tense stuff going on that just happened in the last week.
0: Tell me about the whip more specifically.
1: So the, I, I want it because I was originally go with the sound of duct tape. <laughs> this isn't helping, is it? <laughs> no. Because it,
0: cause it's not about, you know, we always say like, you know, me because I like sex puns because they're funny. Yes. Always <laughs> hope the was about sex, but I don't think it's going to be about sex.
1: I don't think it's going to be about sex either. So I don't but, know if we need I, to
0: have sex stuff.
1: Okay, all right. Or, you know, if you're
0: into whips stuff.
1: So, but the way you said that made it sound like you think duct tape is a sex stuff thing.
0: It's not? Okay. How else are you supposed to make no noise come Once out again, of
1: Once again, we agree on something. Okay, <laughs> I think we really need to get off this subject now. <laughs> right now.
0: Okay. <laughs> you just learned a little bit about Russell.
1: And you just learned a little bit about Mike.
0: Anyways, stuff has happened, and it's insane. And I'm so happy we get to nerd out about this stuff again. Okay. So, the Tension Experience put out a book called Chronicles of the OOA. And the books came in, and everybody who pre-ordered who was in the L.A. area were able to go to the compound one last time to pick up their book. And it was kind of like a, a... it was a party, I guess, you know, they had some wine, they had drinks, uh, they had, uh, some of the cast members there to just hang out. And, you know, it was really cool to talk to some of them because for so long they were off limits, you know, like on a personal level, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't have a a personal conversation because they're still part of tension, you know, what, what have you. So it was cool you know, just mingled. like, Oh my God, like, you know, thank you for everything you've done. And, you know, I think they were, as much appreciative of us as we were of them. Yes. Um, so that was really, really, really cool to see and hear and, and talk to all of them. And, you know, we got the book and seeing old friends and we were in the compound and we got to explore. And one thing you you don't really realize is how much detail goes into these sets.
1: Oh yeah, they're amazing.
0: I mean, sets in quotation marks because this is real. Um, But, you know, going into processing and seeing the pencils with the OOA logo on it, mm-hmm. little things like that, that didn't have to be done at all. They had that, you know, like, who noticed that during the show? You know, we were too Probably busy. no one. Yeah, we were too busy being screamed at by Simon and getting awkward sexual questions asked about us by the processors. And going back and seeing that and seeing the OOA stationary and just like little, little things like that. It was, it was just so cool. The amount of detail put into this, mm-hmm. it was like, it was real. It's like, it is real. It's <laughs> real. So Russell, what happened with you? Because I didn't see you. Cause you got there a little bit later than I did. Yeah, so I, I didn't working, see you until the end.
1: I, I was working a little bit late and I I saw Deb at some point um, and I saw a couple of other people halfway through. So I I figured you were probably there. I, for some reason we just never connected. And yeah, a couple of people, you know, a couple of cast members came up and, and, you know, talked to me briefly and, and then finally I sort of turned around and uh, Sabrina was standing there and she I don't know if any people, you know, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen pictures of Sabrina who uh, portrayed the role of Addison. Um, She has a smile that, you know, just it, 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 to say it lights up a room is an understatement, you know, and she looked at me and she gave me this huge smile and she came over and she hugged me. And it was such a great moment because it's, it's really, I think one of the first times we've ever had a non tension related, complete connection of tell me what you're up to. I am so happy for you. Um, You know, as an actress, we know that she just shot a movie um, where she was the lead. And, and so, you know, I, I, we had this, I just was like, so tell me about the shoot. Tell me about what you've been doing. What did you love about it? What, and, and we had this wonderful couple minutes of just awesome connection. That's awesome. And then something happened.
0: ruh raggy.
1: We used to call it in, when we were talking about the tension, some people would call it she glitched. Oh. And she didn't do that. Um, at that point, somebody else kind of approached the conversation and she looked up and she sort of, I thought she was re- reacting to the person who was approaching us and that person had called my name. And I... She just suddenly walked away, which was a really bizarre behavior, except here's what struck me as odd. She walked away, but she didn't walk back into the crowd. I was standing very close to um, the stage area of, Mm -hmm. of that room, which if you go to the stage left side of the stage, there's a corridor that leads back into the sort of like the bowels of the compound. Right. That's where she went. Oh. As if she was hiding so I didn't know what to think of that. And this other person came up and was asking me questions and, and, and I was literally like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. And, uh, our friend Morgan apparently saw the weird look on my face. Cause Morgan came up and said, what's up? And I said, something weird just happened is like, um, I have to go this direction. And, Morgan followed me and I followed the path that Sabrina had taken
0: but your path is your own
1: thank you very much for that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um, I followed her around and it, that that corridor kind of leads around uh, I believe the office room if I if I remember correctly I, I might be, I might have the yeah. layout of the compound I, room. I
0: believe that it leads to the massage room in the apartment okay like if, I, you go, if you go straight
1: we went beyond that okay. we went around all of that and so if you loop if you just keep making right-hand turns, you end up back in the same location, and where everyone was eating cheese and drinking wine, and and Sabrina was standing there in the doorway talking to someone, as if nothing had happened. So Morgan and I walked up, and I said, "Oh, hi!" And she's, "Hi!" And I said, "Oh, I just I was concerned because you like you walked away. I wasn't sure if you know you if there was anything wrong." She was like, "No, no. Um, I just you know what? I've been dealing with a really bad headache." and oh no yes and morgan said oh well we were concerned about you um and she looked at the two of us and went oh uh wait you were you were looking for me you you saw oh and then she turned and she walked away oh so i thought okay that's kind of cute that she's playing the old games
0: so at what point did you think that like this was more than just a cute playing of the old games
1: not for another 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. I I assumed this was... Right. Off limits? No, I don't know how to put that. I, I assumed this was not in-game. Right. Come to find out, apparently, other people were observing the same thing with Sabrina slash Addison that night. And I, I think it was Sabrina there that night.
0: <clears> hmm. <throat> That's nuts, man. But things get nuttier yes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at one point i was i forget who i was talking to but i realized i saw someone just walk around just just walking not talking to anybody just just strolling male with, or female female oh, okay with just this attitude like i'm better than all of you and i looked and was like oh my god it's michelle Michelle mm-hmm. from OSDM, who at the end of Ascension, um, she did a couple periscopes. Uh, she stole Julie's fingerprint at one point, mm-hmm. someone else's, and and she was there. And at that point, I started getting so scared and excited. Like, the kid on Christmas Eve, like, oh, my God, tomorrow's Christmas. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, my God, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. But she did a a circle of the auditorium a couple times, and every time she walked by, I was just staring at her. But when she, at one point, when she walked by me, I realized the back of the room, which was the entrance that most people came in Mm -hmm. um, from the compound, and there were huge guys in suits, like, big, buff, bodyguard-type guys. All of them had gas cans. and
1: Wow. You see, I I was so completely unaware of this because of where I was and who I was talking to at the time.
0: So I saw that and I, you know, I started just not freaking out, but freaking out. Like, oh my God, what the hell? They're who, Who's going to get set on fire? Like, what's going <laughs> on? You know, and then I didn't see Miles come in, but Miles, all of a sudden I turn around and at the stage, Miles is there. And Michelle is there with him, and she grabs the book from Miles, looks through it, finds a page with her picture on it, and just rips it out. And then she says, More bullshit, lies, and propaganda. Congratulations. Looks like the sheep still believe. And then after that, she walks up to Darren. And I didn't realize this until I saw the video. Um, luckily, a few people took took video. We'll put links in there, on um, like Kim, Electric Hippo, and Addison, Addison Bourne. Uh, they took video of it. But you were standing right next to Darren.
1: Well, you see, that's, that's what I just made reference to. The reason I was unaware of all of that is because, you know, Addison Bourne, um uh, very, very tall guy, Addison. <laughs> so um someone I look up to, literally. Oh jeez.
0: <laughs> You're only allowed one.
1: Oh come on. <laughs> he and I were talking to Darren and Darren uh was was uh, making a joke to Addison because Darren had noticed a credit uh of mine over the holidays and and like he kind of like you're not going to believe this addison i was sitting at home watching tv with my kids and russell's name pops up on the like, and he was so he was going into the story and then suddenly he became really really quiet and he turns and that's when i became aware of michelle standing next to miles like i i had missed the whole like prep thing i'd heard a couple of like I noticed in the room that, like, people, like, I thought the room was getting more crowded, mm-hmm. which I think were people from other areas of the compound realized that something was going to go down and had started to come in. But because I was talking to Darren Bowsman, I didn't notice that. Right. Because, and I had t- I talked to Darren and I had said, you know, one of the things I don't have is I don't have a picture of me in the chair. And at various times, other people had had that opportunity. That's why I was standing where I was, Mike, is I was sort of in line to get a picture of myself in the chair with the neon sign in the background. Okay. And that's why we were up front. And then Darren had said, you know, Darren had come over and said, Russell and Addison, and they started talking to us. And then he fell silent when the whole Michelle thing started.
0: All right. Well, since you were standing next to him, can you, what happened at that point?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Michelle made a very pointed comment uh, toward Darren about the sheep still believe. Referring to all of us. Right. And she had made a reference to the book of Just More Propaganda. Continuing she, the, the the propaganda that the OOA supposedly had seduced all of us with.
0: She has a thing for wrecking books.
1: Yes, she does. She
0: ruined the Book of Anok. She ruins Miles' yeah, o- we, Chronicles of the OOA. We
1: were promised the Book of Anak, And if anyone saw the video of the end, she destroyed that thing by throwing it across the room. And it splinters. Like I was so disappointed when I saw that later.
0: <laughs> I have faith.
1: So hopefully, hopefully someday pages will make it back to us, Mike. So I was standing there and she, she did the, the sheep comment and
0: congratulations. Looks like the sheep still believe.
1: And she hauls off and she slaps him very hard on the face. Oh, fuck. Stop. Don't do this here. Darren actually says, don't do this here. Okay. OK, Mike, I, I you know, you know, a little bit about my history and that I have, you know, like I worked as an actor right out, out of college. Yeah. So it's so I've done violent stuff on stage. I have beaten someone to death with a log. I have been strangled to death.
0: He air quoted on stage.
1: <laughs> so um, I have slapped someone. Um, and there's, there's a way that you sort of can wrestle. There's a way that you hit someone and there's a way to deliver and absorb a stage slap. Okay. I was what? Three feet away from Darren. Yeah. He did not absorb that. Like you normally would absorb a stage slap. I was stunned. It was hard. It was hard. And he didn't turn with the force of the blow he didn't like turn his head like he didn't that I was standing three feet away and it seemed like a incredibly real slap to me which was really disturbing and I didn't know what to do at that point and you know Michelle you know Michelle didn't push the physicality after that so and Darren sort of backed away but she
0: spit on him after that yes
1: she did she spit on him
0: I mean that can get you arrested. That's assault.
1: So I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, because I know people. Well, I don't. I don't know people, but I know of people that have said they spit at someone and someone pressed charges. Oh wow! So Michelle's playing with fire. Okay. But him segue.
1: <laughs> so I-, I was a little stunned at that point.
0: All of us were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, do you want to take it from there?
0: Um, so then, after she slaps him and spits on him, she says, do this Burn shit to the ground! And then, all of a sudden, all of those guys that I, I previously mentioned in the back, the bodyguards with the gas cans, just start dumping gas over everything. And including the food. Including the food, really which really distressed a few people. Which was really funny because you hear in the video, Oh no, not the cheese!
1: Yes. <laughs> which is
0: pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but. A man gets on stage, which I vaguely, I was like, wait a minute, this guy looks really familiar.
1: I had the same reaction.
0: And he tells us,
1: Why don't you all sit down and shut the fuck up? I have something to say and I intend to say it once. As you can see, our time together is growing short. Tonight, this fire destroys not what we are. but simply burns away all that we are not. You can leave now. And wait for the phoenix to rise for those among you who are wealthy, worthy. Good night. Leave now. Go out there and get in your pathetic Prius or your fucking faded green Honda Accord and go home. Go home! Get the fuck out. Do I look like I'm kidding? Leave. Every single one of you, get up.
0: And so we're all there listening to him speak, and then it comes to the point where he tells us we need to leave.
1: Which confused everyone in the room. One of the reasons, Mike, I think it confused people is because it was such an abrupt ending, and I don't think any of us were really expecting a scene or or anything like this to unfold. So when he first tells us to that that now is the t- the show is over, now is the time to leave. And at first everyone was sort of like uh, uh is he serious? Because you know, first of all, it, we were given a time frame that, that the night was going to unfold under and this was much sooner than anyone expected. So that happened and then there was some disgruntled comments being made. Uh, somebody said we were invited. You weren't. Um, somebody said we were here first. Uh, what if we don't leave? So this is a really interesting dilemma for me. And I, I think it caused a little bit of a hiccup in the evening for me in the fact that it was really clear that the evening was over and we were supposed to leave. I thought that was pretty damn clear. How did you feel at that point?
0: Um. Yes, but, like, yeah. Like, I mean, I i didn't want to because I, I wanted to stay in there forever. Yeah, neither but, did I. I
1: didn't want to leave either.
0: And um, But as a performance piece, like, yeah, that's our cue to go.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I thought it was pretty definitive. And then somebody else sort of made the comment of, um, you know, asking the question of, well, we were told we had to defend what we created, you know, and the vibe was, what if we stand and defend it. And I thought one of the actresses in the show actually made a very good call and said, well, yes, absolutely, we will defend, but right now, we're supposed to leave the building. Mm-hmm. So it, it was becoming very, very clear, and I just thought it was an odd thing that that sort of as a community, some people felt like, no, we don't have to put up with this. You, we, we're not going to leave. We're going to disrupt your show. We're going to... It just It felt like a really... Almost disrespectful vibe see, to me. See,
0: I don't see it that way at all. Really? Yeah, because here's the thing. It, there, and there's a, I have a, there's a couple points. So one, you have tension that we've been a part of for a year at this point. Right. Always telling us there's always choices. There's always a choice. And when you get so wrapped up into a moment, you, you kind of forget that you, it's like, oh, wait, wait, this is make-believe. You know, or, or is it so with the constant, there's always choices. You could always do something different, be present. That, that moment when people are like, no, like we can't leave, you know, the same thing happened at during Ascension, you know, when, when I was sacrificed, you know, people didn't want to leave. Right. You you know, so it's like, which I'd also
1: like to point out that that was the very first evening of the show. Correct. Yeah. And they hadn't established the rules quite so firmly.
0: Right, but there were no rules Wednesday either. They were they they when they say you can go look in any part of the warehouse and look around. True. You know what I mean? Like, and and this isn't this isn't like a slight or anything. But I'm just like when you get so wrapped into something that you love, and something happens like that, where it's like get out of here, we're burning it down. Like, of course, it makes sense that some people are like, no, no, you can't take this from me. You know, like that's that's the way I see it.
1: I absolutely agree with you. However, I felt that some of what people were doing was screw you. And I thought that was the disrespectful part to the actor. It's like the actor was there to deliver a message. He was supposed to end the show and clear the room. That was his purpose. And for the community or members of the community to stand up and like, screw you, we're not clearing the room. That's disrespectful. There comes a point where you have to take the clue.
0: Right, but they haven't gotten to that point yet. So if they got to the point where they understood and then still did that, then yes, I can see that as being disrespect. But when you're in that moment, you're like, no, screw you. Like, I don't see that as disrespect. because.
1: And I think that know. moment happened.
0: Oh, okay. You're
1: saying that moment didn't happen yet. Right. I think that moment is okay. very clear. Yeah, because
0: I was off to... Like to the side, like I was smelling the piano for gas. So, <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't. Oh, that's next so to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you get wrapped up in a moment.
1: Uh, no, I, I, it, it just, it just worries me because, and, and I don't think we need to go down this path. And I, and I am not, I'm not sending up a warning flare yet. But do you remember last year the whole conversation of? if a patron is shown physically accosting an actor, what are the possible ramifications of that? I see Wednesday night as a direct link to that conversation. And I believe that we possibly as a community moved one step forward to a physical altercation that should never happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't look at it the same way as you. And like, I can see why you would say those things. I don't think it would get to that point though, like and and that's just me. Like I, you know, like a lot of the people there last night never even saw that part, like what happened with that. You know, yeah, true. Like you know, and and I think deep down everybody knows, like oh wait a minute, like shake your head, like this is a performance kind of thing.
1: And and I think people weren't doing that on Wednesday night,
0: right? Okay. Um, but another thing too is, you know, at the end they gave us specific rules like you know don't touch anything don't talk don't do this which makes sense we all expected something to happen Mm -hmm. for this they couldn't do that because that takes away the surprise right you know so it's like it's like either it's a double-edged sword
1: and 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 and, and (laughs) (laughs) the whole reason i'm bringing this up mike is i don't want the surprises to stop right i want them to keep surprising us and if they have a community that every time a surprise happens, people in the community revolt and say, screw you, I'm not playing along with the surprise. The surprises won't come. Yeah. I'm the only reason I'm having this conversation. And I'm not the only one having this conversation. A, people, a couple of people came to me in the past few days and asked me how I felt about this. So among the community... You know, I don't know, you know, in chats, I don't know where it's happening. People approach me personally, wanted to know what I felt about this. And there are people more upset than I am about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just just bringing it to the conversation because I want the surprises to happen. When Michelle destroyed the book, there was such a, a, a gasp worthy moment. And, and it, it rippled through the whole room. You felt it. You didn't hear it. You felt felt the mm-hmm. reaction to that.
0: Well, one of the scariest moments in within anything that happened with intention happened to me, like after that happened. And I was like I said I was on the side. All of a sudden I see Miles like I want to say charging he like but he wasn't running, he was just on a mission with a knife out. You know, not holding a knife. Mm-hmm. He was I mean, he was holding a knife, but he had the knife out like, you know, like you know, a foot and a half to two feet in front of him mm-hmm. walking by just saying someone's going to get cut. And it's like,
1: whole, like this was Wednesday night.
0: This was Wednesday night. This is the
1: first I've heard this.
0: You can hear it in the video.
1: Oh, okay. And I think I was probably leaving at this point.
0: <laughs> no, this was right out. This was before the oh, really? suit guy got on stage.
1: Oh, wow. And just then because I was, then I was probably still you know, like right next to Addison and Darren. And, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So seeing miles who we all know and love as nice like miles. this mild mannered, like just, just full of love. And, and, you know, and, you know, when we filmed the documentary, he came and hung out at the compound with us and, you know, talking to him and he was like such a kind and gentle soul and seeing him like, like it, it freaked me out. Like that was the point, like between besides people pouring gas on everything and, and, <laughs> And seeing Miles do this, like I was legit scared something was going to happen, like real life scared, like, oh my God, this is, this is real, you know? And it's like, like granted it, it only lasted a few seconds before, like, you know, but the fact that they did it again and made me question reality at a freaking book release party, like that's incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I want things like this to keep happening. Yeah. Because I, I, I thought Wednesday night was amazing.
0: All right. So going back to suit guy for a second, the guy mm-hmm. that was on stage. And we talked about, I was like, wait a minute. He looks really familiar. Yeah. He was the guy in the first consultations mm-hmm. that interviewed us. Like, right. I think he we called him the doctor mm-hmm. or something, you know. But that's that guy. Yeah. Coming back a year later. Right. So, like, that's just, like, a bunch of crazy theories. Like, did he go into Noah's training? Has he been in OSDM, like, boot camp for the last year? To Because he's definitely seemed to be OSDM, like, standing with Michelle and telling us all to leave while it burns.
1: Well, I think that's one of the big questions now for me. Uh, you know, there's now on the forums, there's all these theories popping up and all that. One of the things that I chimed in with on the forums is exactly how long has the OSDM been... A factor, because I think they've always been a factor. But one of the things that I thought was made clear at the end was that OSDM had let the OOA plan play out to some degree. Yeah, because Michelle says like these ways aren't working, which means for her to say that they had to have been given the chance to fail. Mm-hmm. So was it OSDM who took our phones? Right. So and you know on the on the um, forums I think it was Melissa was the one who pointed out. Well, you do remember Michelle specifically said this number of you turned over your phone
0: and filled out the questionnaire. And
1: so I know OSDM has always been a factor apparently, but I wonder how long the power has been with them. Yeah. Because somewhere last year, I think there was a power exchange.
0: Well, it's interesting that you go there because uh, I think Brian Bishop talked about this. He thinks that OSDM was going to, you know, kind of like let things just settle. But with, Darren and Clint and Sabrina being on the panel in South by Southwest, mm-hmm. and then having this book book release party, basically saying that yeah, this was our thing. We created this. OSDM gets pissed, shows up, is like, uh huh, gonna knock you back down a couple pe- pegs. We're the ones in control. Like we're the ones in charge. Don't ever, don't ever forget it.
1: Right. That certainly is in character for the entire story arc.
0: Yeah. So then if any of us got sleep that night, I don't know. But the next day Maxwell posts that he got an email from someone and then a phone call. And in the email, he got sent a picture of, of the suit guy who from our consultations, the guy who was on stage and it was an inverted picture. Like the colors were inverted of, because what was in the picture was in the tension book and and it was also posted on Facebook a long time ago, or maybe mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, but the colors were were inverted, and this the inverted co- comes into play later, and we'll we'll get to that. Um, but within the email, it all there was also a cipher, and it turned out to be a, um, a Caesar cipher, and that translated into a theory of specular surface geometry and it leads to this paper that was published and it's all about reflections and you know things like that so there's going to be a theme starting and And
1: let's give a little bit more detail uh i i tried to read that paper that paper's above my head (laughs) (laughs) but one of the things that i grasped from it was sort of that there comes a point where a reflection becomes just as accurate as the original image yeah. So there may be there may be a point where you could not tell the difference between a reflection and the original image. At least that's one of the things I got from the article.
0: Yeah, that's and one of the things I read, I remember it stuck out because it said something about in the scene it will seem like the same or something like that. And it was yeah. like the fact that it said in the scene,
1: mm-hmm. it was like, oh. Interesting.
0: But yeah, so he got an, an email and then he got a phone call from a woman and we don't know who that woman is, but she ended the phone call with never silent, which is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And then Leah gets a call as well. And she basically gets told a proverb from Confucius, which um, the first step is reflection. The second step is imitation. And the final step is experience. And also her, I believe her call ended with never silent and they hung up. Hmm. And if that wasn't enough, Brian Bishop told us about some things that happened to him while he was in Austin for South by Southwest because he was moderating the attention panel. So before he left, he got an email from Noah telling him that he's going to be in Austin to meet some clients and that perhaps they could find some time to chat. And the funny thing is, is Noah being Noah told him, don't push out on me, Brian. This could be a very big deal for you. So a few days later, after the panel, he didn't, he hadn't heard anything, so he emailed them back, and he received two phone calls. The first one was from a woman, and she asked if we live in a post fact society, and do you really exist if no one listens to your little panel? She then said that obtaining material goods like money is easy, but that he wanted something more, and that's why they were reaching out to me first. And I guess that has to do with something on, on his questionnaire that he said. Um, so then she gave him a room number and a time, uh, he asked for a hotel to go with the room number, but she just asked him to repeat the information and that Noah would be contacting him soon and hung up. Then about a half hour after that, he received another call and it was a man's voice and he assumes it's Noah. And he, the man said, I believe you heard from one of my associates. I think it's time we meet. And then he said that his schedule was busy and that he'd be in touch with the next, within the next couple of days. So the room number and the time that the woman gave Brian, you know, granted, they didn't give him any hotel, but I guess there was a meeting room with that same room number. It was called like room 308 or something like that. And so Brian went there at that time. No one was there. So he emailed Noah and he wrote back saying that he had to leave Austin and was going back to L.A., so, Brian didn't get to meet Noah, unfortunately. So, calls are going out now. hmm And emails with with ciphers and stuff. It's really... It's awesome. And it, it, things are going on. <laughs> but, oh, back to the cipher for a it's minute. It's Giddy okay. Mike
1: all over again. It is!
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, oh, Anyways. But, okay. So, here's a, here's a fun thing. So, I made a comment... Or, I made a thread about this on the boards, but... The book release party was done on the Ides of March. So the Ides of March is when Caesar was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, Maxwell gets a cipher, that's a Caesar cipher.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm willing and, to play along. <laughs> and no, but
0: it kind of all makes sense because you know, there was a, a re- like, you know, the rebellion to to assassinate Caesar mm-hmm. and to get his power and everything. It kind of fits within the story. So I have this crazy theory. Like, what if Clint is trying to take the power from Darren, and so Darren's going to be the fall guy for OSDM, and then Darren will rise to power, and Sabrina—mean
1: Clint will rise to power.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Sabrina is playing the role of Brutus in this, and you know, because of everything that happened to her throughout the last year with Ascension, and and you know, Darren directing her, and last-minute script changes, and stuff like that. Like, you know, Sabrina wants to get back at darren so she's a part of this with clint and they're this powerhouse together to like it makes sense man
1: i can destroy this in one sentence go for it sabrina's too nice for that
0: if she was too nice she wouldn't just walk away from you
1: would she she had a headache helmet i I she was
0: wearing the helmet again russell
1: okay all right i know that's a theory and i i admitted that that her behavior at the book signing did remind me of some of what I saw the night that I encountered.
0: And some of what you saw. She killed someone uh, once, like, three times a night for, like, four <laughs> months. How can you say she's nice?
1: I, I have a different perspective on Sabrina.
0: <laughs> she's Swiss, not stupid, Russell. So... Come on.
1: <laughs> I it's, I it's, uh...
0: Stop trying to put minuses in her life.
1: Minuses?
0: Yeah, negative. So get it? Because remember. Sabrina minus Kern.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: Sabrina minus Kern dot com
1: <laughs> That's a very, very meta my haunt life joke <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is all
0: about. <laughs> you don't know what's real and what's not.
1: Okay, alright. So moving on from there, I I don't know if I see the whole Clint being, you know, trying to assassinate Caesar. A.K.A. Darren. Oh, it's
0: fine. It's just a lot of coincidences happening. You know, the Ides of March, Darren is like our Caesar, like he's, I I, you know. I, I
1: totally see it. I, I, I don't necessarily think I want to buy into it, but uh, I will say this, Mike, it's like your brain, like, <laughs> dude, I admire the hell out of your brain because I would never have connected those dots. <laughs> Thank you? Yes, absolutely. That was meant as a compliment. Oh, and then
0: another thing is Sean pointed out that Miles was going around saying he was going to cut someone. Mm-hmm. Caesar got stabbed.
1: That is true. There's all of these things. Okay, maybe there's some validity to it. Maybe I am being completely silly and naive and, 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 and unconscious. But
0: there's an even better theory. Yeah. That's... And I hate saying that because it's Larry's theory,
1: and we know how <laughs> Larry
0: is, and he'll never let this, anyone live this down that we said it was a good theory. So, hi, Larry. But before we get to that, There was some random stuff happening on Facebook. And I think you were busy doing that work thing. Yes. So you couldn't keep up.
1: I I could not keep up.
0: So Clint made a post on Darren's Facebook basically asking him if he was okay and to pick up the phone because he's been calling. It's Mm -hmm. it's something like that. And so the community, you know, because we care – a lot of people made these memes of Darren's face on a milk carton. Yes. And, you know, have you seen me? And, you know, it was, it was kind of funny. It but, was humorous. And you go to Darren's page and all you see in his photos are these pictures of him on a milk carton. <laughs> um, but so there was this, this theory going around that no one saw Darren leave the compound. So did he burn up? You know, he told some of us he was going to be on a plane. What was happening? He's not answering Clint's phone call.
1: You know, because his, he might have been on a plane.
0: Yeah, or he burned in the fire. Okay. Um, because no one saw him leave. So this became a, something that we all fixated for that day because there's obviously nothing going on and we hate our jobs, so we would rather <laughs> do this.
1: Um, I had a 5 p.m. meeting, so I was ignoring parts of it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And um, just weird stuff started happening. Um. Megan pointed this out to me, but there was another Clint Sears profile, Mm -hmm. and apparently that was something that was years and years old that just got reactivated. And one thing I noticed was that Tom Donovan, who was Mister Ohio, who was Gatekeeper Four, their profile on Facebook was was Tom Donovan. That changed to Clint Sears as well. So Clint had three Facebook profiles going on at that Mm -hmm. time. And Clint came on the boards, Clint Sears, Clint Sears on the forums during the, the Ides of March thread that I had right. started and said, Oh, before we go off course, everything's fine. Everything's fine. So we're like, wait a minute. Okay. So Clint Sears posts on the board as Clint Sears, not as, you know, like a, um, some, Fancy title like right. overseer, you know, or anything like that. The or controller, the watcher, it, things like that. It was Clint Sears, and it's Clint Sears, and that will come into play later. So then on Facebook, Clint Sears posted on Clint Sears' wall <laughs> saying that was perfect. So we that so that was in in regards to the post made on the forums. So now this isn't only happening on the forums. This is going over into real life into Facebook into like their personal profiles mm-hmm. and it's it's blowing my mind right now, so Clint made a post on clint's that just sounds funny, <laughs> so one of the clints fake Clint, made a post on real clint's timeline saying that was perfect, and then that profile got deleted somehow or someone or it it went back to hiding and then he's he's posting these odd pictures and tagging Darren like one of them is this old um Mirror, like it's an Egyptian mirror, a bronze mirror, Mm -hmm. and then he posted a hydraulic telegraph, which was a long-distance communication tool in in ancient Egypt.
1: Right. So, Mike, during all of this, like I said, I I was at work, so I was only able to check in every now and then, and I actually got thrown a a a direct question. Um, Addison Bourne asked me about the book release party because Darren and I were talking, and. These posts were referencing Biloxi, Mississippi, and that's the area I grew up in. So Addison directly asked me on the forums, like, hey, was there any reference in my conversations with Darren at the release party of him traveling to that area or anything like that? And I said, no, it's, you know, it just there was no conversation like that. And that area of the country doesn't, you know, there was no reference made to it at the book release party. Um, but Addison made the connection that that I was from that area. But wait,
0: there's more. Darren checked into Biloxi, Mississippi. Yes, he did. That next, the day after the book release party, so that was on Thursday,
1: right? And but, like,
0: and then it randomly got deleted.
1: Um, <laughs> well somebody made the connection that the device that you just mentioned might have been used for military communications and somebody immediately noticed by through some basic research that there is an air force base Keesler Air Force Base is in Biloxi and I also added to it like well there's actually multiple military facilities there's also a CB base in Gulfport Mississippi so so there's definitely some military connection to that area if you want to think about long distance communication some people on the forums are theorizing like hey are we supposed to be trying to communicate with someone over long distances aliens
0: <laughs> well well here's a here's another thing sorry to, to jump in but on fake clint's profile mm-hmm. he changed his header image on facebook to this uh an image of uh, i believe it was a horse or a deer
1: yes with a katrina plaque next to right it.
0: and Where is that?
1: That is in Edgewater Mall, which is the mall I used to hang out in. In what city? In Biloxi, Mississippi.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is the mall I hung out at with my friends and went to go see movies at uh, through my first couple years of college and through high school. Because they're talking... I grew up 15, 20-minute drive from all these check-ins. So... I was looking at that and I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that horse was created from debris from the destruction of Katrina. Uh, everything that I grew up with in, in, um, on the coast of Mississippi was basically destroyed in Katrina. So, uh, People were starting to research the mall. Sears has a location in the mall. People were wondering if there's a connection with that. Uh, Because Clint Sears? Yeah, I thought that was a bit of a reach. Come on.
0: So what you're saying is that you're not a plant... No, I because am not Because of all, a plant. all of these Mississippi things all of a sudden. I
1: got to admit, I didn't jump in because of work, but I was enjoying the hell out of all these references to Edgewater and Biloxi and the lighthouse in Biloxi showed up on the location check-in, and <laughs> which there's a very famous lighthouse in Biloxi. So I, I was getting a kick out of the fact that they were kind of around my, my high school stomping grounds. Isn't that
0: a coincidence?
1: I'm not saying anything. <laughs>
0: So we have all of these things. We have a mirror and we have communication and we're talking about all of these things about the reflection. And then Larry comes in and drops this theory bomb, which is really
1: good. Oh, yes, absolutely. So his theory
0: is about that. This is tension 2.0 and it's an alternate universe. It's like a shadow universe Mm -hmm. where you know, we keep talking about reflection. Reflection keeps coming up as a theme, you know, fake Clint posted a picture of a mirror, you know? So there's a theory that everyone is going to be a reflection of themselves. This go around, you know, so that would explain miles that would explain the, the Clint Sears like, versus
1: Clint Sears. Yeah. <laughs> the, like the dual profiles <laughs> with
0: one of the pictures being inverted. Hmm. Um, And then this goes with the theory of the the term paper that that the Caesar cipher led us to. Right, which is
1: all about reflection, and you won't be able to tell the difference from the original to the copy. Right, exactly. And something really interesting happened with Larry. Suddenly, Larry, who was one of the the first people to go into this, this conversation, suddenly there was... A fake profile of Larry, just like there was a fake profile of Clint Sears with the dash in the name. Larry wound up with one of those. So suddenly there's a fake profile. So was this someone messing with him or was this really part of the game or like like there's so much mischievous stuff? stuff going on like who like this is crazy yeah and so mike i know that you had messaged with larry that day and he did confirm that there was a fake profile exactly so this is getting really mischievous and uh, playful i guess but it, it, it's all in the terms of reflection and shadow like you could apply that to all of this fake profile stuff
0: right when you really think about it and put it into that context, you know, they always said, like, lust is going to break our hearts. Mm-hmm. And what better way to break people's hearts than to have people that they think they know and love turn out to be the opposite? You know, you have these kind and gentle people. If they turn into be, like, ranting and raving lunatics that want to murder you or something, you know, that's crazy. Crazy to think about
1: it's utterly fascinating and it you're right it does have the potential of being emotionally devastating if you get invested in a particular character you know and there are many of us who did get invested in characters not you though (laughs) who me (laughs) i am not a delicate flower i can handle anything
0: that's gotta come back to bite you again at some point (laughs) it just has to
1: um, yeah, it it is an interesting theory, and and we've already seen the hint of it with Miles. Um, I think there's a lot of valid, you know, especially when you go back to is it the Confucius quote mm-hmm. that that references reflection and imitation. So yeah, I I think Larry's theory. I think we need to keep it in mind.
0: Yeah, it's a really good read. If you get a chance, definitely read through it. Uh, we'll put a link to it in the in the show notes because uh, it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're following along with with Lust and because it will kind of blow your mind.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Good job, Larry. Before we wrap this up, because we're in, right in the beginning of things exploding all over the place with uh, phone calls and ciphers and everything else happening. But I have a question for you, Mike when emails were sent out, questions were sent out, where do you stand with Noah Sinclair? Because the last podcast I had not received a response, but I have since then. Okay. Which yeah. um uh, the response to me was they asked me three more questions, which okay. multiple people got, which is the who are you, why are you, um, why do you want the system in your life? Okay. So I sent a response to that. And I and I was a very honest because I, I sort of work on a even though I'm a creative personnel for a corporation, I put it in the corporate sense, and it's like, right. look, this is my strength in the corporate world. This is what I miss. Why other people are focusing on numbers, I am the creative guy who can make those numbers real by showing you how to manipulate emotions, because that's what I do as an editor. So I thought that would make myself appealing, even though I I think Noah's is a bit of a joke. I am sorry. <laughs>
0: Dang, I hope he doesn't listen to this.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's, just like, it's hard to take anyone with that much bravado seriously. So, but, you know, it's just, but I did respond, but I have never received a response to those follow up answers that I sent.
0: Yeah, no one has.
1: So, no what one, about you? Where did you end up?
0: Well, I'm part of no one. So,
1: so you're part but of but no t- one?
0: No, because I said no one got a response yet, so I, I'm part of no one. No. Ah, okay, Never mind. Right. Sorry. Bad right, joke. Got it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I take that back. No one except Brian. Brian heard from Noah, but that's only because they were both in Austin at the same time.
1: Right. But and then, um, But Michael Rizzo was given earlier on a date that he might want to hold right. for a possible invitation to something. Right. So that's, that's the one firm date that I think anyone has been given for anything.
0: Yep. Yep. Nothing yet. Okay, interesting. Um, with everything that's happened this last week, I'm going to think and assume that that will start going on.
1: I, I I would think so.
0: Here's the thing: we still don't know where Noah stands. Like, we still we all think he's OSDM, just based on everything that happened at the end of Ascension.
1: I think so too. Yeah.
0: But what part of he of OSDM is he? Because like, is he a higher up? Is he a lower? Like, is Michelle stepping on his toes? Like, going? You know what I mean? Like, right. so. There could be some sort of like rivalry between Michelle and Noah that we don't know about yet or something. Sure. Where, you yeah. know, or maybe he's waiting to hear more about the things that Michelle is doing in order to
1: or maybe gauging know. her the reaction to her appearance at the book release party. Yeah. Cuz I guarantee you she was making note of it people's reactions. Yeah, definitely. She's sharp. So I you know Mike, part of the reason I have such an odd reaction to Noah is because I never encountered him during tension. Right. You did. I have no reference for the guy. Yeah. If I ever saw him, I have no recollection of it. I don't think I ever saw him. Okay. So it's just hard for me to relate to, to who he might be or is.
0: Not a bad start so far. This is... I mean, this is like, it's giving me that feeling of when we started nerding out with tension and there's, everything that There's happened. fun stuff happening. And yes, it's, there is. It's awesome. I can't wait for this to get even more deep and crazy and weird and all of that. So if you want to follow around in these hijinks, you can go to thelustexperience.com, on Facebook, thelustexperience, on Instagram, thelustexperience, and on Twitter, lust underscore experience. And for our good buddy, Noah, you can find him at noahsinclair.com. Send him an email, and he'll decide your fate. <laughs> Something new that popped up this week is called Order of Beleth. And it's funny because we went to, after Spook Show, we went to the uh, the Destruction Derby.
1: Night of Destruction.
0: Okay, maybe that could be our last thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was funny because... It was you, me, Deb, and Morgan. Yep. And as soon as we left and we got in the car, all of us, like, I think it was Morgan, it was like, who's order of the And then we all look and it's like, oh, wait a minute, they're following us. Yes. And so then we all started nerding out, going to the website, sent them an email, got a questionnaire. Um, So yeah, we're not exactly sure what's going on, but uh, it seems to be so far they they've done a dead drop uh, on Instagram for someone uh they seem to be going full swing and they updated their website within a few days and they seem to be very active there's forums on the site and everything uh, so check it out it's order and that's b-i-l-e-t-h uh, they're on instagram order of beleth and also on twitter order of beleth and there's some new shows announced as well we mentioned zombie joes earlier in this podcast Urban Death is coming back in April. Yes. Can't wait. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday nights, April 1st through the 29th. Uh, also, Force of Nature Productions. Um, it's something that we went to um
1: They were the, over... ones guy, the guys who did Fallen Saints.
0: Right. During Haunt Season, we went to see them and put that on, and it was really good.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And they have a new show called Tales from Tomorrow, and that's going to be on Sundays, April 2nd to the 30th. Uh, there's going to be no show on Easter, though, which is April 16th. Tales from Tomorrow are or five original tales from a world eerily similar, yet far stranger and more twisted than our own. Sounds like we were what we were just talking about with, te- with <laughs> lust. Um, I'm in based on that description. Yeah, and we know that they do good work, so already that's that's a win. It sounds cool. And you can find more information on them at fonproductions.com, on Facebook, FONprods, uh, and also Instagram and Twitter, FONprods. Uh, We also got good news that the Scout Expedition Company is extending through May 29th. Their show, The Nest, sold out really, really quickly, and luckily they're doing an extension. Um, That starts on April 1st, but the extension is through May 28th. Um,
1: That seems really interesting, because they're saying... Uh, I, I know it's a show, but they're saying basically that it is a going to be created space that you get to explore at your, not your own leisurely pace. There's a time limit, I'm sure. But you go in and you explore and you sort of discover the story on your own, it seems. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I'm really curious to see what they create.
0: Yeah. Noah from No Proscenium interviewed the creators and it was a really, really good not spoiler. Yes. Introduction to what this show is. So if you get a chance, check that out, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well.
1: And on Instagram, they seem to be posting some behind-the-scenes stuff as they're creating the space. So yeah. I, that has me intrigued as well.
0: And also, it's it's. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm staying away from looking at that. Oh, okay. Um, because I don't want. I don't. I I like to go in not knowing much of anything. I think um, it's the
1: haunt nerd in me from working oh, with haunts course. that. that... <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: but there, then there's weirdos like me is like no i don't want to see how you made something and whatever but so you're avoiding the pictures
1: of the circular saws and things like oh that. if
0: that's all there is because i was sold that it's like oh it's behind the scenes they're showing all the sets and stuff like that
1: there you know what for you i i think that might be a good advice for you not to, to okay. take a look at it because i, so I it's know it's more
0: it's more than circular saws
1: you see pieces but uh, you know to me i i didn't even register that it was a spoiler because to me it's not okay fine <laughs> but
0: any- <laughs> anyways uh, you can find more information about them at ScoutExpedition.co on facebook scout expedition co on instagram scout expedition co and on twitter scout expedition and they have a website specifically for their show which is the nest and then so just for some things going on this and next weekend uh, we have the final weekend of tortured souls and firelight this weekend we have the remount of the Speakeasy Society's Kansas Collection, Chapter 1, The Key. We also have screenshots, pr- Screenshot Productions, Fear is What We Learned Here, L.A. version. Uh, this is a remount of the San Francisco version, which is a remount of their very, very first show in L.A. Uh, a year or two ago.
1: But supposedly new and improved.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's Cavell happening, but that's sold out. So just make sure if you want to go, check for open tickets. Uh, And then next weekend is the Speakeasy Society's Kansas Collection Chapter 2 remount of the Axe. Uh, The Nest from Scout Expedition, which we just spoke about, is starting up. And also Urban Death from Zombie Joes, as well as Force of Nature Productions' Tales from Tomorrow.
1: And in the show notes, you'll find links to all of these.
0: Right. The dates, as always, will be on the calendar at myhauntlife.com slash calendar. And we have a couple shout-outs, Russell. Mhm. Uh the first one, uh, Alexa from San Francisco. She hit us up on the haunt line. Mhm. And she sent us a message um saying that she found our podcast a few weeks ago and just finished listening to every episode, which
1: wow. which
0: is amazing. I mean, we we're like this is episode like 45, but we did like a couple one and two parters, so it's probably like episode f- really 48 or
1: something. Jeez, there's binging and then there's binging. Well, Thanks. Yeah. Alexa, thank you so much.
0: And that's including like our, uh,
1: like the four four hours (laughs) and
0: three hour tension nerding out. Like that's incredible. So she had a question for us and I think it's a really good question for for people. Mm -hmm. She found an immersive theater group in San Francisco that she wanted to check out, but tickets seem sort of expensive. Is there any way you guys could give me an average of how much it should cost? I know it's a tough, Like we can't say without knowing what it is, how long the show is, the set design, how many actors, there's so many things that go into it. But I feel, you know, we joked about this, but I feel like the average is a dollar a minute. You know, like when we talked about something, it's like, oh, it's two hours long, but it's a hundred dollar ticket. It's like, oh, well, that's less than a dollar a minute. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like the joke we keep going back to. But I feel because we keep going back to it, we keep like seeing like, oh, wait, that that is kind of true
1: to depending on the show yes absolutely um there are certainly experiences i, I this is a really tough question and you, you i think you have to qualify um a couple of things for example i mean let's point to cavell mm-hmm. uh the ticket price is steep there but you're also you're paying for an open bar and they have to pay per person for the location to have certain things in place for the show.
0: But with Cavell, it's three hours long.
1: Absolutely. That's
0: 180 minutes. Mm-hmm. The price is $175. So that is basically a dollar a minute. Yes. You know, we keep going back to that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, blackout prices range. Uh, you know, you can pay over $100 for a 20 minute experience, but it's completely Personalized. So, you know, I've paid that much for a blackout show, but they used personal information in the show. It was only me going through. You know, the entire cast was focused on me and interacted with me as I was going through. You're paying for that experience. So, that is to me worth a little bit more than a dollar a minute. So, you know, fear is what we learned here is a ticket their, their ticket prices seem to fluctuate based on location and length of show and, you know, how large is the cast? Um, uh, each of these production companies has to deal with number of cast members, who they're paying, number of crew and location. Plus... Props, scenery, whatever is needed to put the show on. Some of these shows use projections, so they have to produce whatever is being used in the projection. So you have to take all of that into consideration. Uh, my advice would be if you want to know more about the show and you're trying to figure out if it's a value, simply ask questions. Like, hey, really interested in your show? Want to learn more about it? Is it a one on one experience? How long can I expect to be in the show? Uh, any special preparations I need to make. And I'm, and I'm saying that like any special clothing you need to wear. Um, we've been told sometimes wear clothes that you don't mind getting dirty. Um, I think you take all, into, all of that into consideration. I think you ask questions.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Just like email in advance and say, hey, I am your potential client. I am your potential patron. I am here with my wallet open. I want to support you, but I need more information. Now, Mike, you and I both know that we don't want spoilers, but I also, and I I think this applies more to me than you, I want to know, do I need a change of clothes? Do I need to bring a towel? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Am I going to be covered in blood at the end of this? (laughs) You know, and if they say yes, I'm like, woohoo, count me in, but I'm going to have my towel. Right. So preparation is great. And if you have that information, great. So I think price varies on All of these factors. But I do like your your reference of a dollar a minute.
0: Yeah. And the more shows you go to, the more knowledge you will have towards different theater companies. You know, Mm -hmm. luckily we're in L.A., so these shows happen a little bit more often. So we know what to expect when Speakeasy says they have a new show. We know what to expect when Blackout has a new show. But you kind of build up knowledge, like a knowledge database in the back of your head. It's like, oh theater group a is doing a new show okay i remember them doing this so i can expect this this and this or theater group b is doing this oh that ticket price is way higher than than what i'm used to but they're doing this this and this they're asking me to do this they're asking me to fill out this form they're tailoring it to me so okay that makes sense to pay a little bit more money Mm -hmm. when it all comes down to it you know this is going back to firelight, like that we talked about, like life is too short. You never know when something you love is gonna go away. You never know when you're gonna go away. So if you can afford it, do it. you know, because you're we're all paying for experiences, and that's what life is really about, is you know, different experiences, you know, and collecting those and see see what makes you happy. see what what makes you want to do more you know, see what makes you want to create, see what moves you, makes you emotional. You know, there's all those sorts of things happening. So, I mean, it's all up to you, but there's a lot of backgrounds that you can also do as well.
1: Yeah, do some research, uh, read reviews if you don't mind running across the occasional spoiler. And I I think Mike and I both know, we've talked about this recently with a couple of different shows, price tickets in Los Angeles are going up and you have to budget, you have to plan your expenses, if you're going to play in you know any theater arena. it's like I subscribe to a couple of different theaters in town. It gets costly when you subscribe to multiple theater companies. So I have to budget for that. And you know, several years ago, um, some of my haunt friends joked when they found out that one of the ways I pay for haunt season Mike has seen what I'm talking about I have this massive jar at home that I put at the end of every day my spare change in and it adds up to hundreds of dollars over the course of the year. I put all of that spare change toward haunting. It sounds silly, but it works. It works. And when at the beginning of haunt season, when stuff like delusions started appearing and I knew that they were coming back, I set aside several hundred dollars because I knew I was going to be spending that on tickets. And it all came from spare change throughout the course of the year. What I'm saying is prepare budget we do it mike and i do it Uh, we talk about what we're going to spend money on yeah we we live in an area where we have a wealth of shows to choose from and that's a blessing and i hope i would certainly think that san francisco is a growing market for this
0: oh yeah especially with nick and screenshot being up there like you know people create based on what they see so hopefully now that nick is doing stuff up there other people that never took that step or that chance can see what nick's doing and yes it's like okay i can do this too and then they start something and then other people see both of them doing things and then they start something and it becomes a whole big thing where you're like damn it i wish there was only one thing now because now <laughs> i'm broke but it's a good problem to
1: have yes hope that helped alexa
0: yeah hope so but thank you for calling the hotline or texting the
1: hotline. Yes.
0: Also, we met a couple people last night.
1: Mike and I went back to Tortured Souls last night at Zombie Joe's Underground. And Brandon and Brian walked up to us and uh, apparently recognized this. And also Zombie Joe had, had made reference that... <laughs> Zombie Joe, <laughs> shaking my head at you uh zombie joe had had made a loud reference to the fact that my haunt life had returned uh so uh after the show uh brandon came up and said hello to uh mike and me and just expressed a thank you because apparently uh he doesn't live in the immediate close los angeles vicinity but we had made him aware of several different shows and one of the reasons that i guess he was at zombie joe's was because he had heard us talking about it and it's it's such a good feeling, Mike, when something that you love or I love that you run into someone who has heard about it or at least given it a try because we've mentioned it here or you've mentioned to a friend who mentioned it to them uh, that it was It was a warm feeling,
0: yeah, but hopefully he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we asked him if he liked it because he could have hated it and now it's our fault that we made him come up to it. He
1: was smiling. Yeah, that's true. He was smiling. So Brandon and Brian, thank you very much for approaching us last night. It was and, really nice of you to say hi.
0: And they do a home haunt. Yes, Or they, do. they used to. I don't know if they still do it, but uh, if you do your home haunt again, definitely let us know. We'll make sure it gets on the calendar and everything. And And seriously, thank you for coming out to us. Like hearing that like in person from people, like that means so, so, so much. Like the fact that we're... You know, we like to think that we're helping in some ways, but when you tell us we are, it, it makes all the difference in the world. So, thank you so much. So, Russell, uh, we couldn't have this podcast go on without some sort of beef jerky
1: talk. Really? So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I have something from Debbie, actually. And what? You, you know, she's the beef jerky queen. So,
1: she is the one who inspired me to try my new flavors. So, she sent me something I'm
0: going to read. I usually eat traditional jerky, like the ones that are old-fashioned and dry with no sticky crap all over it. And those you can just let hang outside because that's what they're made for. But Russell eats the bacon ones. Those aren't even jerky. They're just like cooked and marinated bacon and that they (laughs) vacuum seal. Those need refrigeration. Those bacon ones, if left out, would grow mold because of the fat content. Good jerky you can leave out like that. Fat is like jerky cancer. I don't even think that those bacon treats go through a curing process. And even if they did get dehydrated, the amount of sticky seasoning crap they put on it makes them hydrated. So it's not really dry at all. They're actually pretty moist and really fatty. Russell isn't eating jerky, technically speaking. He's eating meat treats that, yes, should be fridged if he doesn't eat it all within a week or so.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike dropped. Wow. <laughs> Deb, putting me in my place. Uh, actually i understand her point absolutely 100 percent, and i agree and when i talked about doing the research that i had done about jerky um because i i did notice on the packaging that i was seeing all these like you should refrigerate this after opening uh i found references to the difference between dehydrated homemade processed and yeah i prefer the flavored stuff that is not as tough as some of what De- you know, Deb has come up to me and said, try this, this is amazing and it's literally like a rawhide, the texture of a rawhide dog bone.
0: How do you know what that
1: tastes like? Don't go there. I just did. <laughs> so I totally understand that those would never need refrigeration. I mean, th- those will outlast cockroaches. They are so, so dehydrated. But that's not what I like about the jerky that I've tried. So I just lean toward sweeter stuff more flavorful stuff and yeah the baker bacon barbecue thing you know heck, that's part of that that's fine so so yeah but it's I, not jerky it says jerky in big letters on the label it's a marketing campaign okay it's advertising all right i don't know
0: i don't care either way i just like giving you crap
1: <laughs> i'm telling you the barbecue bacon stuff is uh, so tasty i think we... that's
0: a that's a good note to end on <laughs> you've had it you know uh, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at mike at myhauntlife.com or russell at myhauntlife.com with two S's and two L's. You can find us on Facebook at myhauntlife and also Instagram and Twitter at myhauntlife. Check us out on the web at myhauntlife.com, and of course, we always have the up-to-date calendar on the site, which shows you a list of haunts and theater and events and all sorts of fun things going on. Uh, You can find that at myhauntlife.com slash calendar, and we also have the forums, myhauntlife.com slash forums. Also, not to forget, we have the My Haunt Life Haunt Line which Alexa from San Francisco used so well. Uh, you can give us a call or shoot us a text at 515-HAUNT-LA. So that's pretty much it.
1: That wraps it up.
0: Uh, this was fun. Yeah. It's fun nerding out about things. You are
1: so happy that lust has kicked in. I know. I know.
0: And I didn't even do a pun. <laughs> if I'm this excited without making lust puns, like that's saying something.
1: I'm sure they're coming. <laughs>
0: and And we'll leave it there yep (laughs) i'm mike and i'm russell thanks for listening
1: see ya because of the small because of the small because of the it's short and small (laughs) i wouldn't be bragging about that if i were you you're the one who said it (laughs)